You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. But I hope you stay awake today as we talk about where you are and how to move forward in your faith. As we do that, I want to ask you a question. How many of you have ever heard a sermon that really seriously changed the way you live your life in a big way? Just raise your hand and be honest. Don't you don't. So uh, that's a that's a good number. (laughs) I'll take that number. (laughs) But even more profound than a timely sermon or a message can be an experience a relationship, a person that kind of steps into your life providentially, an event or spiritual practices. So today as we talk about stages in the life of faith, we're going to talk about how that these things come together in a way where God becomes alive to us and we grow in faith. I want to encourage you, um, on the front of your bulletin, you'll, you'll find this graphic and it's going to be on the screen as well, stages of faith. And on the inside of the bulletin, there's a place for you to write your message notes, and the Schweitzer app is up and working today if you want to do that. But you may want to jot down some notes that helps you to identify where you are on your own journey, and maybe when or how to move forward in your next phase in growth with God. The first stage is stage one, which is about discovering God. We may be discovering God for the first time. We've moved beyond uh, just being skeptical or disconnected or atheistic or agnostic, and we have this experience where we know that God is real. Might come in in the birth of a child. Uh, Might come in a sense of emptiness in your life where You're fulfilling the American dream, you're going to work, uh, and you recognize there's got to be more to life than binging on Netflix or liking somebody on Facebook or getting someone to like you. I mean, there's got to be something more to it. And and sometimes it's, it's this sense that God just pops up somewhere. And, and, and you know that it's something beyond human experience. I remember being on the aft of a cruise ship about 20, uh, 20 years ago in Alaska, in Alaska Midnight Sun. And the sheer silence of that experience was, was so profound that it moved me to a silence inside my soul that I can only describe as God. So you all know, you have those serendipitous moments or you have those times and places where you recognize that God is God. But we can get caged in. Uh, in each of these stages, we can get caged in where we just kind of stay there. And God pops in and God pops out. God comes through for us in a big way. But we don't really have a relationship with God. And we just kind of stay there and we're stuck. How do we get unstuck? You know, I think one of the things that many people struggle with is pride, 
But another thing that people struggle with, they don't like themselves. There's a self-hatred and a self-despisement. And so many people feel so unworthy of God's love and acceptance. And, and we get out of that where we accept God's love for us. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to deserve it. We recognize that Jesus in the Bible, when he stops in his tracks and has time for children, or hears the beggar crying to him, or, or allows a woman with a disease to touch him, that's, that's God. And all of us are acceptable to God. All of us are loved by God. All of us have intrinsic worth and value, regardless of who we are or what we've done. And so for some of us, it's moving beyond that self-hatred and that despisement. And we accept God's love and God's accepting us. And, and we move forward in faith into stage two when we, we accept and place our faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior and wanting to grow in him. So... Is this where maybe you are today on the journey? Stage two is a, is a wonderful experience where we're being discipled and we're growing in the faith. Uh, stage two is, about, is learning about God. And as we learn about God, it's important for us to be a part of, of Bible studies or groups or classes that really help us to learn about God. And in, in this stage, we're developing a belief system. We're, believe, we're developing a way in which we know something about the character of God that we didn't know before. And at Schweitzer, we love to offer ongoing classes and groups that really uh, regularly give people the opportunity to step into that and to learn about God. We're excited in, in 10 days and two weeks. We're starting on Wednesday nights. And Sunday nights, this journey with Jesus in the upper room, and it's based on Jesus' words in the Gospel of John, chapters 13 to 17. And you walk through a workbook, there's questions, there's thoughts, there's daily journal, and you come together once a week. Jeff Fugit is leading, facilitating this, where you get to talk with other people and you learn about God. You know, uh, stage two is a time where oftentimes we learn about God through a particular pastor or teacher or author. You, you might get locked into Beth Moore or Francis Chan or Timothy Keller, whoever it is. And, and that's fine for a while. But the problem is we can get caged in and we can become very rigid and we can get legalistic about what we believe and we're right and everybody else is wrong. And we can develop personality cults where we get tied too much to one pastor or whoever it is that we're following. And what do you do about that? We can also become so spiritually dependent upon somebody else to feed us. You know, the Bible talks about, I would have loved to have given you real spiritual meat, but you're still a baby. <laughs> And all you can do is take milk. 
I have a friend and a colleague, Robin Miller, who's a pastor, and she was a pastor at uh, Good Shepherd Church up in the O'Fallon area. And one morning, she had the audacity to dress up as a baby, and they actually wheeled her out, and she sat in this baby chair with a bottle and a spoon, and she said, feed me, feed me. She's no longer the pastor of that church. She actually got promoted. I really thought about doing that this morning, but I was chicken. Really think it would have been a good idea for Jason to have done that. But you get the idea. You know, you just can't stay in stage two. You got to break out of that. And moving from stage two to stage three is when you're moving out of someone discipling you where you are working for God and you're entering the productive life. And the productive life, you are taking responsibilities for your own spiritual growth. You wanna know why you're not spiritually growing? If that's the case in your life, one of the questions to ask is, what are the spiritual practices look like for you? Are you daily in the scriptures? Are you intentionally spending time with God in prayer? And are you serving? Do you recognize you have spiritual gifts and natural talents and abilities, and God wants you to make your contribution to the church, to the work of God in life, in the community, in your family? It's a wonderful thing to be a productive Christian. It's a great stage. Pastors, we love productive people. But God loves productive people too. We're actually, now we're producing the work of God. Or God is producing it through us. King David, it's a great example where in the Old Testament, he brings the ark of God into Jerusalem. It's been stolen by the enemy. And, and he comes before the Lord and he's leading the ark into, the, into Jerusalem, the capital city. And he's dancing before the Lord with joy because he has a joy about really being used by God in this great accomplishment. And friends, there is nothing, nothing more exciting, a few things more exciting to know that God is using you. So have you come to that place in your life, in your journey, where you're, you're doing the work for God? But, you know, you, you can't just stay there or we don't stay there. Something happens to us. Life happens to us. And sometimes what happens to us is we're doing all this work for God, but maybe we're doing too much. Maybe people have become too dependent upon us. Maybe we've taken on more stuff than God wanted us to take on. And we get worn out. Some people have to leave a church because there's too many people that's expecting them to do everything. Or you may have to leave an organization. And sometimes we can get undone by doing God's work. And we get unraveled. And we come to that point where we recognize that for me to do the work of God, I got to go deeper in my relationship with God. And sometimes, friends, there's, there's a bad, bad stuff that happens to us. If you live long enough, there's going to be some bad things that happen to you. 
that's the good news that I want to share today. <laughs> but there's stuff that happened that's pretty, can really derail you. And if you're working for God and you're doing all this stuff, here's the temptation. The temptation is, God, I've been doing all this stuff for you, and you let this happen to me, or you do this to me? Really? It's like uh, Mary and Martha losing their brother Lazarus to death. And when Jesus arrives, Mary says to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, you'd have shown up. My brother would not have died. You live long enough in this world, there's going to be times when you're disappointed by God and you don't feel like God really came through for you the way you should have. That's part of the journey. Or you get worn down and worn out and uh, you just can't keep doing it anymore. And this is where a lot of people fall away from faith or give up on the journey, but you you don't have to. Here's the key to stage three to four. You go inward. You discover that God is inside of you. You come to understand that your prayer closet isn't that room that you go to or that place you go to every day. Your Your prayer closet is inside of you. It's in your heart. The holy ground is not a sanctuary or a place of worship. You are holy ground. And the holy God lives inside of you. And God has been meeting you out there in the world for a long time, but now God says, you got to come inside here. And the way that you conduct your spiritual practices change. You don't just do the Bible study or you just don't read like four chapters a day to get through the Bible in a year. You meet the God in the Bible. The experiences with God become more real and profound. And your prayer life changes too. It's not just a check off the list. I prayed for this person, this person, this person. But you go and you meet God where God has his agenda. And you're there with a sense of excitement. What's God got for me today? Now, there's still times of dryness. There's still times of struggle. In fact, somewhere along stage four, as we journey deep enough, we hit the wall. Notice the wall in the diagram. You hit the wall. And the wall is is beyond any kind of cage that you've ever had before. The wall is a hard place to be. And the the hard thing about the wall is you hit the wall because you recognize that there's a real dissatisfaction to all the things that used to work for you. Uh, the, The recognition, the pats on the back, the praises, the affirmation, this dissatisfaction leads to greater vulnerability, and you you have to be vulnerable. And what happens in this place in our life, we see all the false selves that we've constructed. You know, the outer self, the face that we put on, maybe it's the religious false self. 
we create our, our own different kinds of false selves. And we have to come to some dark places in our spirits and we recognize, oh my goodness, I never saw this about me before. And as we're rediscovering the God inside of us, we hit a wall. I hit a wall 14 years ago like I'd never hit before. And I saw things about myself that I did not like. And the events in my life was the perfect storm. Our personal life and my professional life was both in the midst of a storm. And I had to go outside of Schweitzer's. Tough to hit the wall when you're the pastor and you've got all the answers. I had to go outside the church to find spiritual counselors and spiritual directors and different people to pray over me. And I... I spent two years, the greater part of two years, seeking to penetrate and to go through the wall. And I'm going to tell you something. The wall is a work of the heart, but it's not for the weak in heart. And to go through the wall, you've got to have help. You've got to have spiritual companions, deeper people, directors, someone that has been around a while that they know the world for what it is. And you come to grips at the wall with the diabolical evil of darkness that does exist in this world. You meet the devil face to face. And we don't talk about this. And yet it's all over the scripture. It's all over the Psalms. And what I want to do is say to you, we as a church need to be able to identify these things and teach these things and let people know you don't have to die at the wall. What has to die at the wall is your false self that's crucified and the true self of who you really are emerges as a son and daughter of God. And I'm going to talk in two weeks about going to the desert and confronting our false selves. I hope you'll be here. But it's worth going through the wall. And you move into stage five, uh, which is a stage in which you're surrendering to God. And, and again, you're serving people. It's, it's, you're, it's, you're moving outward. But it's different from stage three in that what you do in your life then comes out of the resources of God. It comes out of the energy and the love that God has for you. And you have a greater love for God. Than, than you ever dreamed possible. And what happens is, if you know the story of Mary and Martha, I, I won't have time to get into it, but if you know the story of Mary and Martha, just a quick reference, Mary and Martha are working together as one. Yes, you have this rich prayer life with God going on. Yes, you are doing things for God. God is doing these things through you in a way that's not striving or stressed. And folks, this just this takes a while takes a while to get there, but it's, it's worth it. And we can be the benefactor from other people who've entered this, this phase and this stage of faith where God is fully alive and we're no longer living out of our agendas and what we want, but it's about what God is doing in the world. And God, how can I join you in what the Father is doing? When I was a young pastor, uh, I was pastoring four little country churches at one time. 
So proud of that. Drove 100 miles, walked in the snow sometimes. But there was a lady by the name of Marie that was in one of those churches. Marie was the best cook in the church, and those country people knew how to cook. And she was, she was the best cook in Grundy County. I was a single young pastor, and Marie would bring me food. And one time, she brought me a cake that was just over the top. And so I say to Marie, Marie, you outdid yourself on this one. What do you call that cake? Now, Marie's an older lady. She's talking to her younger single pastor. She's embarrassed. She looks down and she says, well, we call it better than sex cake. <laughs> there is a time and a place where Jesus is better than sex. He's better than baseball. He's better than a financial check. He's better than a career. He's better than any pleasure and fun that you have, and it's okay to do those things, but he it becomes the ultimate joy of your life. And in this sense, uh, the psalmist talks about be still. Be still and know that I am God. And so you're inside your prayer closet, which is now inside of you, and you, you're meeting God face-to-face -face in the mystery of it all. And then you get to just be still and know. And then it becomes more like just be still. And then you just be. And you recognize that you're more than a human being, a doer, doer. You're, you're a human being. You're a child of God. And you enter into the final stage of life, of uh, a life of love. It was said that, that this one guy that used to go visit monasteries, and, and he would visit, and he would look at all these monks, and he would, he would say, all the monks love God, but Brother Boniface who was 87 years old, you can see it on his face. You can see it on his face. And so people that live this life of love, you can see it on their face. It's not about what they do. It's who they are. So where, where are you on the journey? Have you been able to kind of identify an X somewhere on the journey of faith? And you can't force your way out of one stage to another. It's all a part of God's timing, but you can resist God. And you can not cooperate with what God wants to do. And you can just think, I really love stage two. <laughs> it's so comfortable. But God is pressing you on. Wherever you are on the journey, God wants to invite you to move forward with him in faith. And it takes something beyond skin-deep commitments. 
in our uh, day yesterday, uh, Holy Spirit Day, we had a lot of prayer over some people. And one person came to me and he said, I want prayer because I do not want to be a mediocre Christian. I don't want to be just average. Who wants to be average? Who wants to be all that you could be? Who wants to live with a holy resolve to pursue God? One of the things that we like to do at Schweitzer is offer retreats as a way in which people can just get away and go deep with God. And so March 31st through April 2nd, we are offering moving forward in your spiritual life retreat. I'm going to be the primary presenter, teacher. Linda Harper is going to be a presenter. And what we're going to do is, and it's for adults of all ages, wherever you are, is you, you'll identify where you are on these stages. We'll talk about different aspects of the journey. We're going to talk about the wall, and we're going to talk about practices and ways in a practical way that you can you can leave with some handles and practices that works for you. There's going to be recreation. There's going to be solitude. There's going to be downtime. If you can make it, love to have you, but only if you really want to move forward in faith. You know, I love this church. And I love being a part of a church that's building a culture where wherever people are, they can find access to God. They can find faith in Christ. If that's where you are today, I'd invite you to come to the prayer room following the service or talk to one of us pastors. Wherever we are in the journey, we can find some help. We can find a class or a group. We can speak and look out for spiritual friends. And we all blow it. And we, we're a community of faith where we surround each other. And when someone falls down, we lift each other up. Don't separate yourself from the body of Christ wherever you are. But be a part of the body. And grow to be the person God wants you to be. In the wedding ceremony, when the bride and groom face each other, there is a line that comes to mind. And it goes like this, where the groom and the bride say to each other, all that I have and all that I am, I give to you. If you journey far enough with God, you, you can see Jesus. And you know that Jesus is saying to that to you. All that I have and all that I am. I give to you. Now, what are you saying back to Jesus?